Happy Howla! My wiener is hard with the spirit of curiosity and exploration. I think she means Happy Halloween. This is Spooky Maddie, and you're listening to Anomalous, the Halloween special. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. And if I'm not mistaken, our three quarters of our order from Dunkin' a weird brownish orange? That could only mean one thing. It's Halloween. Nice. Welcome to our 2022 Halloween special. This Halloween, we have a very fun special. The original idea was that we both come up with a fun list of our most believable cases in the different realms that we cover on the show. And I failed completely and utterly, and I was too much of a sour just-cullin' baby, by the way, that's me, uh, to come up with anything. So Maddie has compiled a, a master list of some of the most undebunkable cases across aliens, ghosts, ghouls, cryptids, conspiracies, and disappearances? Events, yeah. And, yeah. and you know what? Fuck it. Throw in the goblin. Have, have you heard of it? Mind goblin? What's Mind Goblin? Mind Goblin these nuts? The podcast is fucking over. You know it is. That's very disrespectful. <laughs> uh, yeah, I should have seen this coming, but I probably actually did see it coming, and my subconscious just wanted a way. This, okay, this podcast is about me, right? This is my show, right? This is my moment I'd like to it to shine. be known that I did fucking try. This is this is your moment to shine, and I won't take that away from you, but I, I gave it a good scout effort. But Maddie is, you know, she's spooky Maddie. She's been in the game longer than I have. You know, she's got a, I suppose, a more open mind than me. What do you me? mean by that? What do you well, mean? Well, do you have an open mind to the evidence? That's what I'm asking. Do you have an open mind to the evidence to the facts? Because I feel like I have an open mind to the evidence. Do you? I really do. You don't? I do. You are the opposite of an open mind. You have the mind of a mind goblin. <laughs> <laughs> What's a mind goblin again? A uh, mind goblin, these nuts. Fuck. Oh you know, gosh. fool she me once. Yeah. Shame on you. <laughs> fool me twice. Fool me can't get fooled again. Fool me can't get fooled again. <laughs> yeah, so basically this is going to be me going through the spooky shit that has spoken to me deepestly throughout my life of being into spooky shit and seeing if any of it resonates with Cullen. So put on your Masonic cloak, turn off all the lights, and enjoy this Halloween list of the truly unexplainable and become a pariah, become an outsider to your friends and family. Become obsessed with these these peculiarities of the world and and how they don't really mesh into your fucking idea of the world and of society and of the universe. So what's our first category, Spooky Maddie? First category, cryptids. Now, Ooh. honestly, my relationship with the the tids of the world, the the tids of the crypt, mm. you know this has been has been a little fraught lately with all my homies on r slash cryptozoology being a little bit of bitch-made haters. I haven't seen a more internally divided subreddit 
Because there's a lot of people who genuinely want to believe, and it seems like there's a lot of people who subscribe just to hate. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, as you all know, I, I truly want to believe, and I still do believe. So I've done some digging, and I have some, dare I say, irrefutable evidence. <laughs> I'm sure that it is. I Yeah, I'm sure that I dare to say it's it. It's the least refutable. <laughs> yeah. So let's jump into your first irrefutable cryptid. Okay. Bigfoot. <laughs> okay. Well, when we say things like irrefutable. So Bigfoot is basically the missing link. Like uh, intelligent humanoid hominid, somewhere between a gorilla and a person. Are you claiming that we evolved from gorillas into Bigfoots and then into humans? Because I think that that's provably false. No. But how is it a missing link then? It's a missing extended cousin that like you finally meet them and you're like, oh, that's why my family didn't really talk about them. Nice. (laughs) Yeah, it's a missing great ape. Possibly the greatest. True. So uh, with people's thoughts about Bigfoot and the big feet, this is a good little segue to get into kind of the rationale, the basis of cryptozoology thought. So there are some schools of thought, a rational school of thought, which some people think that cryptids like Bigfoot, could be an undiscovered species or a species that went extinct. So, for example, Bigfoot could be an undiscovered ape or an ape that we thought, like an old hominid we thought was extinct, Mm -hmm. but still is there. Another school of thought is that perhaps Bigfoot is some sort of time dimension, space, traveler, something paranormal and something that usually doesn't chill out on this dimension. We just sometimes see from a different dimension. If there were more videos of interdimensional aliens just like casually walking through the woods, I think that would be fun. But it's weird to me maybe that there is so much foot travel happening for an alien Sasquatch. Maybe it just like to walk. I mean, you did think at least they have some sort of like little razor scooter or maybe a hoverboard <laughs> and they wouldn't just be sort of plodding along through the forests. Well, we do know that sometimes Bigfoot sightings are associated with paranormal goings on. That's true. The interconnection is interesting. Also, people are bitch made haters on the cryptozoology <laughs> site. Yeah. And if you say, if you say it's an interdimensional traveler, then you'll get downvoted to hell. And if you say you guys aren't listening to me, and if you don't evaluate the evidence, I'm going to put a bomb in your car, then you get banned for three days for inciting violence. And yeah. isn't that wrong? Fucked. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's fucked, fucked up. up. So give me the benefit of the doubt here. Let me spin you a, a tale. Mm-hmm. The Tapanuli orangutans were only distinguished as a new species in 2017, a new great ape. They have small population and live in isolated groups. They're endangered and they're only found in a very small place in the south of Tapanuli. So a small group of these orangutans had been reported in 1939 and then again in 1997, but there aren't that many sightings. 
until like they were distinguished in 2017. And so I think it's 100% possible that there are other large apes out there that we don't know about. How big was this like newly discovered ape? Orangutan size. So that's fair. Bit smaller than a gorilla, larger than a chimp, you know, kind of medium. Kind of a medium. Kind of medium size. So some random numbers I've seen suggest that the Bigfoot population is probably around twenty five (laughs) hundred. Do you have any follow up for that? (laughs) I don't just, you know, small isolated group, okay? So, in 1967, the Patterson-Gimlin film was released, and that is the classic film in the woods, Bigfoot walking across. The iconic profile shot of him looking over his shoulder, or her. No, it is a female Bigfoot. Oh, And her name is Patty, yeah. Patty. And I just want to say that the... PG film, the Patterson-Gimlin film, has never been formally debunked or convincingly recreated to this day. Right. Go ahead. Say what you want to say. You know what? Whereas you're a person with like a degree in biology who's looked extensively into Bigfoot, and I'm a person who graduated barely with a mechanical engineering degree and recently looked through the Wikipedia article for the first time, I'm pretty convinced that it's not real. (laughs) (laughs) But I have to admit, Bigfoot is such a big topic and so believed that it's kind of like aliens where we're never going to do an episode on aliens, like just flat out, you know? Mm-hmm. And we're probably never going to do a flat out episode on Bigfoot, but we might do like we do with alien encounters, smaller encounters with it because it's just such a big phenomenon. And there might be an episode coming out somewhat soon about the PG film. Yeah, there's a lot to say about it. And even the skeptics, okay, let me clarify the skeptics who aren't bitch made haters, right? Uh, say that if it is faked, it's really, really elaborate. I don't and really, really good. I don't understand what's so elaborate about it. So go ahead and um, explain again your knowledge and experience and background. Well, I read the Wikipedia article. I have a degree until I'm found out to be a fraud from the U of A and a degree in mechanical engineering. <laughs> and That sort of concludes my list of expertise, but you know what? I like to think of myself as a skeptic, and isn't that an accolade in and of itself? Yeah, and how many years have you been a bitch made hater? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll definitely get into it. We can get into some deep details, but it is the most convincing video evidence of a cryptid we have out there, basically. What I don't understand is I haven't been given any specifics yet about why it couldn't have been a person in a suit. Right. Um, I will say from the believer point of view, there's a lot to be said about the way that the Bigfoot walks, like the consistency in her gait and the difference between that and human gaits. And then also, you know, someone just said it best. You don't see a zipper. <laughs> there actually is one couple of researchers who were previous Bigfoot believers that say that they can point out the zipper in the video. But I'll say with the gate thing, you have two researchers in like human locomotion saying one of them is like, oh yeah, a human could recreate this. And the other one is saying, I can't conclusively say a human could recreate this. So that's kind of a one and a half yes, in my opinion. 
And then on the believer side, you have, they went downtown and found a mime taped LEDs all over him and said, Hey, can you walk like Patty from this video? And the mime didn't do a very good job. (laughs) They said conclusively a human can, if a mime can't do it, no human can. If a mime can't do it, you think just a random guy can? We'll definitely get into it, but a lot of people believe that whether it's a hoax or not, Patterson did not know. Like, Patterson 100% thinks it's real. I think maybe people just thought it would be rude to ask him that as the last thing he talks about on his deathbed. Wow. All right. I almost certainly have to have cut out a huge amount of our discussion here because we've been going on for a while, but we will be covering the PG film soon and we'll be talking more Bigfoot. We'll just have to agree to disagree. And um, any people who aren't my family, obviously, who listen to this, um, I might be single soon. <laughs> so What a weird caveat to say. Why did you feel you had to say excluding your family? Why did you say My that? family's the only one who listens to this shit. I have a couple of friends who are forced to listen. Wait. <laughs> 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 no. <laughs> okay, we can move along because this one is fun, and if you can be a hater for this, then you're probably gonna have a miserable life. <laughs> so this is your second cryptid, to be clear. Yeah. Okay, let's get into it. Fresno Nightcrawlers. Fresno Nightcrawlers. Fun fucking guys. Basically, spooky, ghostly pants that walk. They're white, kind of short. Most of their height is made up with their legs and have they have a very small upper body if Mm -hmm. any and that's not a criticism to be clear (laughs) true we are absolutely going to cover them at some point i honestly haven't looked a whole lot into them so far but as far as i can tell it's mostly comprised about two videos Mm -hmm. and i haven't seen any motivations for making them yeah so as colin said there are two major sightings And both of those have videos. So the first sighting was in 2007 in Fresno. This man who only identifies himself as Jose, like his full name hasn't even been revealed, woke up to his dogs barking. And then when he was looking through his security camera, he saw the creature. He brought that surveillance footage to like the Univision television station and to a paranormal investigator. So the footage we see now is like a recording of the tape being played. Okay. The original tape is lost. Obviously, Jose was frightened and like, what the fuck is this? Right. So the video shows white ghost pants walking across the screen. I can understand that Jose was frightened, but in hindsight, probably not anything to be afraid of. Well, that's the thing. We don't know. We've only Mm. seen them on video. We've never seen them interact with people. So while they seem pretty chill, we don't know for sure. So the second sighting of the Fresno Nightcrawlers was also via security footage in 2011 in Yosemite Lakes Park. So the Yosemite video shows a being with, it looks like pants, the same (laughs) pant-like shape. This time, the walking is more like the creature walks a bit more twisty. You can Mm. see its body twisting a little bit more. And walking on screen after it, a baby. 
a baby, baby pants. Wow. Yeah. So there's two of them in that one. So I haven't seen a lot of explanation. Some say it's a kid in a cape, kind of. But the way the creature walks, especially in the first video, I think yeah. is very uncanny and doesn't really match with that. Basically, the only other explanation is it could be a hoax. Well, we'll dig more into the details in a future episode. But this is one where when people are talking about it online, it's one of the few things where there isn't a comment directly below it calling them a moron. <laughs> and there's a simple explanation for what it could have been, you know? Yeah. It's nice that cryptozoologists have at least one safe space. True. <laughs> My comfort. <laughs> So two little um, bite-sized snacks for you. Ooh, little snackers. Little, little cryptid snackers. Little tidbits. Oh, nice. Thank you. Cryptid bits. Cryptid bits. So I personally am interested in hearing more about the Lost Baudet A Folter film, which is a lost film that supposedly shows Champ... The Lake Champion Monster. And Champ... <laughs> Did he fight for the title? <laughs> <laughs> it's short for Champion. You really you really can't see that. Champion would still work for that joke. The Lake Champion. What's the Lake Champion? The, the, the biggest lake, lake is named... Isn't it Superior? No. <laughs> is Lake Superior also known as the Champion Lake? The name of the lake is Champion. I'm asking how it earned that title. <laughs> Anyways, so Champ is basically a Loch Ness monster. Okay. Um, so apparently there is this thing called the Baudet a Folter film. And right now a lawyer owns it, I guess. And Ooh. yeah, won't release it unless he gets a ton of money. Honestly, the cryptid community tried to crowdfund it, but he just arbitrarily raised the price. <laughs> 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 some of the most some of the most demeaned and oppressed people in the world. <laughs> Honestly. So this Champ Lake monster video is essentially like that gold Wu-Tang album that Martin yes. Screlly bought. Yes. Has everyone forgotten about that? <laughs> yeah. It really just faded away. Yeah. But basically it shows one or multiple prehistoric turtle-looking things with very long necks. Huh. So, you know what? Hopefully we'll be seeing more about that at some point. <laughs> very good. Also, for those interested. And I'm certain that it isn't just a bald 80-year-old man going for a swim being gawked at. That would be rude. It would be rude. Also, very recently, like a few days ago, a picture of the Ogopogo Lake Monster just dropped. Pretty much immediately clarified that it was a picture of a duck, but it's out there for those who are interested in looking up that. And that's the little cryptid corner. <laughs> <laughs> cryptid corner. <laughs> <laughs> so next category, huh? Next category ghosts hell yeah i a hundred percent you probably know this believe in ghosts i grew up watching ghost shows mm -hmm. there are tons of haunted places in this world especially hotels i believe in the phenomenon and i think it's possible that a cause of like the haunting phenomena is dead spirits also some places do have bad vibes <laughs> that you can tell that's true so 
First one, this is going to be a shallow cut to be sure. Mm -hmm. Honestly, Enfield Poltergeist. Enfield. One of the most witnessed cases of paranormal activity. Like the most number of people who like said they saw something or interacted with something? Yeah, an amount of times witnessed by like other people. Okay. I've heard some convincing stuff about the Enfield Poltergeist. Yeah, so the Enfield Poltergeist was a claim of supernatural activity in Enfield, London, between 1977 and 79, and it haunted a family with a single mother and sisters, Janet, who was 11, and Margaret, who was 13, and it's what The Conjuring 2 was based off of. You know what I say? Single mothers have had it too good for too long. Ghosts are really... I'm glad that they're stepping up to even the playing field a little bit. So, yeah, the poltergeist <laughs> activity centered around the pubescent sisters, which does line up with um, the sexism of ghosts. Mm -hmm. Particularly poltergeists aren't ghosts. They're kind of just like negative energy and... That feeds off of like the sadness if, of teenagers. If there's one piece of information I've learned and can never share outside of, I guess, this environment, ghosts hate periods. True. And the second a girl starts to get periods, ghosts don't fuck with them anymore. Oh, yeah. So basically, it started one night with the mom, Peggy, claiming that she had witnessed furniture moving and two of her four children heard knocking sounds on the walls. And the furniture moving is a big part of it. Many people have witnessed in that house furniture moving. And she went to tell the police and the police officer also saw furniture moving. Mm -hmm. There were later claims of disembodied voices, loud noises, thrown toys, um, you know, really deep cut piss and shit oh, <laughs> all around. That's fun. And the classic levitation. We have almost all of those exact same symptoms just due to our dog. <laughs> Pulling furniture around, chewing on it, pissing and shitting all over the house. Disembodied voice? Absolutely. Oh, no. He <laughs> talks to you? <laughs> he said he only talked to me. Well, like I said, this lasted around two years or one and a half years. And over that period, more than 30 people have witnessed this paranormal activity, like furniture moving. One of the journalists, a Lego flew and hit his eye. Oh, my God. Yeah. So. I think that that's attempted murder. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> the great thing is that even though the family had all these horrible problems, at the very last minute, two beautiful, strong, ugly Catholics showed up and solved everything. Beautiful in the movies. I am absolutely in love with Fear Farmiga and the guy. <laughs> uh, ugly in real life. The Warrens had basically nothing to do with the Enfield poltergeist. They tried to insert themselves, but they no showed up. We're told to leave. It reminds me of being the kid who wasn't invited to anything <laughs> when I was in school that they were like, Oh yeah, we showed up to the party and then they let us in and we uh, did some cool stuff and we fixed everything for them and everyone was super happy with us. Um, Actually, I helped this family and they go to a different school, so you wouldn't know them. You wouldn't know who they are. They're actually in England, so... <laughs> so, next haunting. Let's keep going. 
Rolling Hills Asylum in East Bethany, New York. Originally established in 1827 as a poorhouse, became a refugee for a lot of single mothers, widows, orphans, mentally ill people, and in some cases, like the criminally insane. So in this place, there have been over 1,700 documented deaths, but many believe there's much more that just weren't documented. Right. Um, it's rated as the second most haunted site in the U.S. <laughs> Is that by the site I stumbled across, hauntedsites.org? Where, Probably. <laughs> where they said, thumbs up if you think this one is definitely haunted, or thumbs down if you think it's an old load of baloney. Damn. <laughs> so what I love about this is that there are like specific spirits that have been seen. Apparently, a lot of the spirits are nice, though. Oh, <laughs> and that's when good. you, yeah, when you need help, they will come. And not not nice like Casper, the pedophile ghost. Wow, Casper's like nine years old. Fuck that <laughs> fucking ghost! That a hundred year old trying to kiss a thirteen year old ass motherfucker. My very first crush. Tied with Jack Skellington from yeah. Nightmare Before Christmas, Casper. Wow. So here I am. Anyways, if there are any single ghosts listening to this, wait for me. <laughs> <laughs> so some of the spirits. One is a guy named Roy. And Roy is said to have suffered from gigantism. Like literally like he was seven feet tall. Mm, like Andre the Giant. Yes. And <laughs> but it's Roy, the big, big, big man. Oh, yeah. He was dropped off at the home at 12 and lived there until he died in 62 because his family was ashamed and embarrassed by his appearance, which is sad. Oh, my God. You want, you know what I would give to have a giant in my family to call through when people are mean to me? <laughs> wow. So apparently he was pretty kind and liked opera music and people could see him all the time. There are sightings of a seven foot tall figure. One <laughs> does the ghost still hit his head on the door frames? I'm not even gonna I'm not gonna humor that. Or rude. maybe maybe that's why he enjoys being a ghost. He sticks around because he phases right through. Never hits his head on anything anymore. So I've seen one source. I'm powering. <laughs> I'm powering through. I saw one source that said he attacks women. Whoa. So I don't know about that. That seems like opposite of all the other things. I think someone read of Mice and Men and then put that sort of giant person anger onto this sweet big, big, big Roy. I think Hulk Hogan wrote that <laughs> actually. <laughs> made Holy that. Hulk Hogan <laughs> wrote of Mice and Men? Yes. I didn't know he had such range. <laughs> Just That's wait for a- the conspiracy section. <laughs> <laughs> so there's another classic uh, nurse, Emmy, who apparently is a mean nurse who was a Satanist. You know, Great. she's a mean spirit. She sounds like a lot of fun, actually. I'd like to hang out with her. Watch it. If there's any Satanist nurses listening, wait for me. How can you do that? I just don't know how you can do that. This is so mean. So another one is a screaming spirit. 
Which is just a lady who you can hear screaming. It seems pretty self-explanatory, yeah. Yeah. Is there uh, a lot more Well, I'm not sure because you're a bitch-made hater. <laughs> I have to explain everything in detail to you or you'll be like, um, actually a ghost cannot scream because of the pressure differential within yeah. the, the plasma. It's Hey, hot nurse, why don't you come change my catheter? <laughs> That's how you fucking sound. <laughs> Why do I have a catheter in this? <laughs> I don't know. But moving right along. Great. So I like gets my goat. This is the part that gets my goat. Is a hall of shadows, which apparently basically everyone sees. If you stand at the end of one hallway. And turn off the lights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're pretty much there. You've accomplished it. Try it with any hall. Try it with your hall right now. You literally think that you can make a shadow without lights? Yes, that's Imbecile. the only way that you can. Imbecile. <laughs> that's the only way that you can. No, make you a block the light. You need a light to all, make a shadow. All, all right. All darkness is shadow. All darkness is no, shadow. That's yes. So, yes, it is. That's not. Yes, all darkness is shadow. Yeah, shadow is the absence of light. Which is darkness. Do you want to hear this shit or do you want to still continue to be just a loser <laughs> in your life? <laughs> All right. We can continue to move on just for time's sake. Hall of Shadows. I was excited about. And look at how cool. you bring me down. <laughs> I'm sorry I can't be Casper for you. <laughs> I am too. Every damn day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Hall of Shadows. Um... Here's a fucking quiz. What is it? It's a hallway where there's a bunch of like silhouettes that move around or something. Yes. <laughs> so I, I nailed it. And there. isn't that scary? It is cool. So it's a hallway that has like humanoid figures or is it like different shapes? Both. That Both. move around. Neat. You just bring I, me down. I don't know why it got your goat, if I'm honest, but I that does sound cool. Because it's so consistent. Like, it's witnessed by almost everyone who goes there. Let's do a trip. Okay. Go ahead. Buy the tickets. All right. What would you even see? You're blind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell Nurse Emmy. Tell the Satanist nurse that you're blind. Well... Although many people who have worked here before claim that the Hall of Shadows is a real thing, as a blind person who can't see anything ever, I don't think it's real. As someone with little to no knowledge or experience, you know, if I said, oh, this screw, I don't think this screw is loose, then maybe you could have an opinion. You have absolutely no understanding of what I do for a living. Then maybe you could have an opinion. <laughs> you have zero insight into my job whatsoever. If I was like, oh, this needs to this have needs I to ever, be more of an angle then I, <laughs> I talk about work all the time and i've never said no one screw needs to be or there's not enough of an angle oh okay sorry let me be more realistic uh oh this sticker needs another label that is that is actually that's a actually chunk of my job unfortunately yeah then i'll ask your opinion who's bringing who down now <laughs> Hopefully, me to you. <laughs> <laughs> is the goal. Yeah, good, oh, good job. You yeah. actually No, oh, did I achieve it? it. Thank you. <laughs> you, did, you did well. Thank you. Okay. Another one that has been like since childhood. Another ghost? Mm hmm. Hit me. Winchester Mystery House. Boom. I love that old broad. That sad old broad. I 
would love to fucking go there. I've been obsessed with this place. You talk a lot about like how you're going to be 60 and I'll die. And you keep on saying mysterious circumstances. And then you want to get into, what do you call it? Your widow phase, your widow era, (laughs) (laughs) your crazy widow era. My widow era. Well, it's, yeah, it's mysterious in that there's like little to no evidence. Of what? Your death. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think you, you know, you have a little background on this according to legend. Mm -hmm. So Winchester was made by... Winchester Gun Company heir, her husband died and she felt like things weren't going that good. Went to a psychic. Psychic said, yeah, like you make guns. So all the people who've been killed by Winchester rifles are gonna haunt you. Don't know if that's the first person I'd blame if I got shot. For example, if I was 60 years old and was shot in the back and then buried in the backyard... I'd probably haunt you instead of the cult or whatever. The 3D printed gun. I've been seeing stuff on her laptop. (laughs) No evidence means no evidence. All right. right? Even ghosts. So she built a big fancy house to confuse ghosts because she thinks they're stupid. She, well, the psychic said (laughs) to appease the ghosts that she will keep building on her house. And she did until her death. And the psychic's husband? Local contractor. Wow. Because this wasn't really planned and she was constantly building, there is a bunch of like kooky design choices so that she could keep adding rooms for more space for the dead. So it kind of is like a maze, a labyrinth of rooms in this mansion. It's also meant to confuse them. Mm -hmm. Like there's staircases that lead to nowhere. There's like... I think hallways that lead to like circular rooms and stuff like it's meant to confuse the ghost so they can't fuck with her constantly. Yeah. And according to ABC news, the house has 10,000 windows, 2000 doors, 47 fireplaces, 40 staircases, 13 bathrooms and nine kitchens. And yeah, it's just fun because the confusing aspects, like you said, stairways that lead to nowhere, Doors that open like on the second story. So if you were to walk out, you would fall. Things like that. I think that's fun. Of of course, there's a lot of reports of spirits being seen in the house. Right. Is she accidentally trapping them in there with all the... Like they're ready to leave. Now that she's dead. Yeah. Yeah. Like I can't find the right goddamn door. That's stressful. It is. That's a hell. So I... I like this case. I think it's really interesting and fun, but I do have a fair number of thoughts about it. So it's it's the most classic thing in the world, a psychic telling an old white woman to spend a lot of money. <laughs> That's one of the most classic things in the paranormal world. Classic bit. And I don't know if that was her exact train of thought that going about it this way makes the most sense. Right. Here's what you do. I'm haunted by a ghost. I get a house and I and it's like Walsh Mansion. Obviously, the ghosts are going to go there, right? Winchester Mansion, they're like, Luigi's. that's the place. Exactly right. That's where the ghosts are going to go. What you do, you get a body double to live there and then you leave. You go live in like a little house in the woods. That's no smart, ghost is going to yeah. know to go there. And if the ghosts already know where she is, I feel like can they just like triangulate her through the walls and like just fly through all the bullshit she built? right to her 
I think it appeased them like, oh, <laughs> two rooms just for me. I'll admit, when I showed up here, I was pretty mad about being shot to death by that gun. But once I showed up and saw this funky fun house, you know, I'm I'm in a better yeah, mood. Yeah. I really am. It's like, wow, I never thought I would have a house with a, fi- a room with a fireplace. Is it not at all possible that this no. <laughs> weird eccentric old woman was trying her best to just build the most fancy house ever. And that had is that's a theory. <laughs> <laughs> she had absolutely no idea what she was doing and designed it so poorly that it became a maze with doors that lead out to open air and staircases that hit the ceiling. Uh, I saw one theory that she was just like an architecture enthusiast. That's fun too. But you get up at 3 a.m. to go to the bathroom or you get up, you know, at 5 because you have to start cleaning the house for the grandkids to come over. You're not going to be in the mood for a maze house. Yeah, for sure. You know the number of times that I've thought, why do I have to walk from our bedroom all the way down the hall around and then back the same direction on the other side to get to the back door? I've almost chiseled directly through the drywall of our rental to make a direct door between us and our dining room so I can take the dog out without having to do an inspection of the entire home. I'd like to put out a message to our landlords. Um, This is your legal notice that we're going to be making a modification (laughs) to the building. So would you rather do conspiracies or events next? Let's go with conspiracies. All right. So surprisingly, I wasn't super driven actually to write as much as I thought I would. (laughs) Considering the conspiracies is the one realm that like pretty consistently has topics that just come out as like true. Yeah, let's get this out of the way now. Uh, CIA involved in drug smuggling, cocaine dealing. MKUltra is real. (laughs) Any number of technologies that they've claimed didn't exist do. Mm-hmm. tests that they didn't take credit for happened. CIA tried to do a mind control project, tried to find a truth serum. Basically, a bunch of people were dosed with LSD and other drugs without knowing. And then some of them were like tortured to see how they reacted. And again, we should state that this is not really in the conspiracies we think are probably true section. This is like, it was a conspiracy at some point. Now it is a matter of record. Yeah, and at least one person did die from it. The thing that we would get into probably for the unsolved is there's a lot of spinoffs, a lot of speculation from that, that, for example, specific people in history were MK Ultra experiments. For example, like serial killers of the 70s, like Ted Bundy, for example. That's a conspiracy theory that Ted Bundy was like involved in the MK Ultra experiment. That's why he did those things. <laughs> so... There's a lot of off-branching, but the truth is the U.S. government has done fucked up shit. Well, it actually turns out, um, if you listen to the scripture of Christina, Chris Chan, Sonichu, Jesus Christ, that Ted Bundy actually was a patsy and didn't commit any killings, and he has assumed his Sonichu form in Quickville universe and hasn't killed anyone. So if you do your research on that, Maybe you want to do that before you start talking about Ted Bunny. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. So, quick, popular, quick and dirty, royal family killed Princess Diana. Oh, my God. I believe that. 
And I hear about this every week, not joking. I miss her. <laughs> <laughs> she was dead before you were alive. <laughs> Going to one of the very first conspiracies I was into, mm-hmm. like when I was 10 years old, other than the classic spooky ones, William Shakespeare is not that guy. Right. He couldn't spell his own name, but he could like invent iambic pentameter. The William Shakespeare thing is one that I've heard a lot of hot takes around and almost all of them conflict with each other. And there is absolutely no internal consistency to any of the conspiracy theories. But big enough claims, maybe I'll look into it. Well, I think just the base claim of it's not that guy that they tell us it is. One thing is like, how did Shakespeare know so much about what it was like to be a royal? All I know is that it's become a meme that Shakespeare was actually a lesbian woman of color living in the forests. And that's a fact. (laughs) (laughs) So, one I want to touch on that... Boobies? Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> literally. Um, the Russian boy, Boryshka Kiprianovic. So, a child genius, super ahead of his time. Like, he was able to hold his head up when he was two weeks old. Oh, my God. Uh, he could read, paint, draw, one and a half years old. Wow. Smart. Mostly smart nonsense, but he still did it. So, this kid says... That he, like in a past life, was a Martian who lived on Mars. Whoa. And so he gave a bunch of information about what life on Mars was like. And that basically Martians' life all died off from Mars due to a nuclear war that had Mm. taken place thousands of years ago. And he's also saying like Earth is on the same path. He did say that some Martians did survive by kind of like going underground. He also said like some random things like Martians didn't really live off of oxygen, but rather based on some other chemical. (laughs) And because of that, they lived very long and they didn't age past 35. What? Did I stutter? (laughs) So they stopped aging at... 35 human years. Why did they measure themselves in human years? No, well, he was able to translate to human years. So basically, when Martians turned adults, they didn't get old. They just, like, died at some point. Huh. I appreciate the world of conspiracy and high strangeness because there's no other really good place to read short-form fiction written by four-year-old kids. You know what, though? It's interesting. Yeah. And, you know, especially at the U of A where there's some kooky people, some kooky professors, that definitely is a theory that Mars used to have intelligent life. Right. That went extinct. I think that a fair amount of that has started to fall apart now that we've landed there and been able to poke around and it's mostly rocks. But, you know, maybe we need to start digging down, finding the surviving Martian mole people. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. All right, another one. Denver Airport. Denver Airport. Denver Airport is the home of the New World Order. So some things that really get me is that they went over budget 
by millions of dollars and no one knows where that money went. And the Denver airport is huge. Like one of the biggest by square mile, right? In the world. Yeah. It's twice the size of Manhattan. I could personally say that it has bad vibes. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you... A, think every airport has bad vibes because Mm -hmm. you have a phobia Mm -hmm. of flying. Mm -hmm. And the entire preparation for us going into the Denver airport, you were talking about how it's the home of conspiracy and haunted and shit. So you might have primed yourself a little bit, but, you know, we also got moved from one security line to the other, which was even longer, uh, and then almost missed our flight. So you know what? That aspect, I'll say at least bad vibes. Oh, yeah. Basically, what people kind of look to for the Denver airport conspiracy is a lot of the art in and around the Denver airport is really weird and off-putting. There's a gigantic statue of a blue horse. With red eyes. Outside the airport. It's called like the Blue Devil, and it actually killed its sculptor. Yeah, the head fell on him, I think, when they were installing it. Yeah, and there are like murals in the airport that are just really strange. I've heard that they're full of like Masonic imagery or something like that. There's also just like men in gas masks and a bunch of children. So it's like, um, is this the Holocaust? It also reportedly has a huge underground structure, right? Yeah, so there's a lot of... What people say, like you said, Masonic imagery, but also Nazi imagery. So like the gas mask. Apparently the runways kind of make the shape of a swastika. Mm. So the other big theory is that when the world ends, which the New World Order, which are the Illuminati, basically, like the people who control everything and run the world. Um, when the world ends, which they know when is going to happen, the Denver airport is where they're going to like bunker down, like a literal bunker. Right. There are a lot of underground tunnels that no one really knows why they're there. Well, airports do have, you know, a lot of subsurface infrastructure. They're pretty complicated buildings. And I know you said that it's kind of weird, like these two theories, but there's another theory that, you know, the new world order and... Nazis kind of overlap, if you know what I mean. The two uses of the, quote, huge underground structure, which it's unclear if that's real. So, like, some construction workers said that they built essentially, like, high-rise buildings underneath the airport and then the airport on top. Mm -hmm. And those structures would be used for, like you said, either the New World Order to hide out in bunkers after the world gets blown up. Thanks for uh, giving us a little bit better warning, some details, (laughs) Martian kid. Or the alternate use would be as concentration camps. My question, can you really build a building that would equally serve as a presumably high-class bunker for the New World Order and simultaneously a concentration camp? So don't have too many details, but I think that there's something going on in Antarctica. (laughs) (laughs) Is this another is this another thing? Yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of theories around Antarctica basically because it's unexplored mostly, it's uninhabited mostly. Right. Like does You're anyone right. own it? Uh I think 
that there are treaties that say that like it's not supposed to be owned by any one nation in particular. Mm-hmm. I think it's divided up radially between a lot of different countries of like who can research on what parts of it. Yeah, and I think at the very least there are animals, organisms that we haven't found yet in Antarctica. Um so just just keep that in mind, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll keep moving pretty quickly here. Not to f- what? Not that there isn't a lot to talk about with the Antarctica stuff. <laughs> True. <laughs> There's plenty of meat. Maybe we'll do an episode on Antarctica in the future. But for now, we'll keep moving on. Yeah, maybe we will. So, <laughs> all right. So, on to events. This one, I think, is very interesting. It's kind of more falls into the I want to believe John Teeter. Come on, let me get some let me get some commotion for the John Teeter. Alrighty then. In January 2001, John Teeter, aka Time Traveler underscore zero, began posting at the Art Bell BBS forum. Basically, he said that he was chosen to time travel and he's going back to this time, which was 2001. Right. Uh, <laughs> because they needed like a specific computer for where he lived in 2036. Uh-huh. He said that he was a soldier from the future. Mm. Time travel exists and he kind of gave a description of what how the time machine he used works. Posted a photo, but apparently it was just of like a a Chevy or something. I don't know. <laughs> is, um, it, is it like that um, super classified surveillance circuit that was going around for a while that turned out to just be a boss metal zone? <laughs> that, yeah. <laughs> that's fun. That shit was the best. He said that some things were a little different because all that shit about quantum mechanics, alternate universes is true. But if he did hop universes, he's at a pretty similar one. What? So he's so he's from the future and he's not sure if it's from the same universe or yes. not. Yeah, but it's from a very similar one. Okay. He said that in around 2005 America would have a civil war and he was a soldier in like the civil war and some bad things would start happening like nuclear war stuff like that. That didn't happen. But right. <laughs> America has been tense, you have to admit. So he didn't call out any specific details, sort of just people would be mad? No, he said something like a political rift. Did he call the whole COVID thing? or He said to stop eating beef because mad cow disease was going to get wild. Yeah, that's almost entirely disappeared, I think. For now. <laughs> For now. Hmm. Who would have been really concerned about mad cow disease? Maybe someone from the late 90s, early 2000s when people were really worried about it. Anyways, (laughs) Uh, that's fair. I mean, no, did he call 100% of the shots? No. He's no Nostradamus. No, but he did have an extensive knowledge about computers. Like, he knew things about Y2K, you know, when the computers, like, we're all going to shut down and the world was going to end. He knew things about the process that it took to stop that. That was kind of classified and, like, only a, I think it might have been IBM employee would have known. Right. And when I think of the sort of people that would go through the effort 
to go on to obscure forums and write extended fiction about being a time traveler, usually those people don't have a super strong grasp on computers. You know? Typically, they're more woodsy types. They're people who like to be out in nature and hang out with their friends all the time. So, you admit (laughs) you don't hang out with your friends all the time then? Who? But I have been exposed to some of this dork's work, and admittedly, it's fun. Yeah, it's interesting, and there there are people. Yeah, there are people who have compiled like the entirety of what he's written in forums. This is a general one, and we've talked about a potential series with this, but kind of like alternate history, right? Not like if Hitler or the Confederates won, but more like we're missing a large chunk of history, yeah, and possibly missing some civilizations. <laughs> It's a pretty significant thing to miss. Yeah, it's like, whoops. Basically the opposite of the phantom time hypothesis. Have you heard of that one? Phantom time hypothesis. Phantom time hypothesis basically says that the Middle Ages were made up. Yeah, that we had like added years and we're actually Mm -hmm. overestimating. Yeah, but I'm interested in seeing like, you know, were there advanced, doesn't have to be the most advanced, but more advanced civilizations back in ancient times than we thought. Or are we missing some time? You know, according to ancient aliens, carbon dating isn't the most accurate. Oh my God. But more research has to be done. <laughs> but according to our educations, it's actually pretty good. Your, your education? Your education. The only carbon dating I've ever run across was learning about different carbon alloys and never dating. So another thing that <laughs> what am I what am I gonna say? Oh, you got dates. Okay, no, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, something that is like so cool, and if you dive a little deep, like right under the surface, and no deeper. Uh, <laughs> of conspiracies, alternate history, things like that. There's a lot of stories about giants, you know, mm-hmm. that there might have been a giant race of hominids back in ancient times. Plus Big 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 Roy, let's not forget. Rip Big Roy. So something I talked to you about many a time, the AI cycle. Humans invent AI. Artificial intelligence. Right. Humans perfect AI. Then the AI perfects itself. Oh. AI enslaves humanity. Okay. A solar flare wipes out all technology and AI. Okay. People who survived the AI apocalypse now worship the sun because the sun is the one who wiped out AI. Okay. And it all starts again. Like that's where civilization starts, like worshiping sun gods. It seems improbable that that series of events would happen once, nonetheless, several times in a row. But if you want to dig into the portion of the audience that's like me and is a nerd and skeptic, AI is probably one of the things I'm actually afraid of yeah. becoming a problem. Yeah. I'm also interested, though, to see. You know what kind of porn it can make? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm fascinated by it. Intrigued, I'm hypnotized. Not. So I wanted to mention in this vein of like alternate history. Mm-hmm. It's called the Gobekli Tepe. Only discovered in like 2018, not that long ago. It is a 12,000 year old te- 
temple complex built by hunter-gatherers, and it's the oldest temple in the world. Oh. And this is super interesting and makes our pussy bald because the narrative now in history is that temples, religion, cultures, all of that didn't start until agriculture. Okay. So this is the first temple that they have seen be built by hunter-gatherers. It's in Southeast Turkey, and it just like brings up a lot of questions. My immediate reaction to that would be that it makes sense that we would be able to start taking on these projects like building temples that don't directly contribute to our survival as a species once we had some food security through division of labor and agriculture. Mm-hmm. Could it have been that these hunter-gatherers were in a particularly like prosperous area that they had ready access to gathered foods and animals that they could spend some time on the side doing stuff that didn't directly contribute because they had enough resources? That's fair. I don't know because it seems like the history is like once you do get a surplus of resources then you go to agriculture, like to spend your time like building a building, a temple mm-hmm. versus spending that time discovering agriculture. I don't know if they were looking at it as like the technology tier list on civilization. <laughs> They're like, we're spending a little bit too much time building churches right now when we could be discovering the next level of food growing. But I don't know. I kind of see what you mean. It's interesting because exactly like you said, like temples... That doesn't add to their survival. Yeah. So it's very interesting that this happened before agriculture and from a hunter-gatherer society. Hmm. So yeah, that's like a little taste. One final event that's really cool. Yeah. UFO battle over Germany. What the fuck? AKA Celestial Phenomenon over Nuremberg, April 14th, 1561. There was a UFO... Like dogfight? Let me let me spin you this copy and paste it tale. Hell yeah. As the sun rose on April 14, 1561, over the German city of Nuremberg, the residents saw what they described as some kind of aerial battle take place in its glare, complete with the erratic dance of orbs, crosses, cylinders, and the appearance of a large and mysterious black arrow-shaped object all followed by a crash landing somewhere beyond the city limits. Later that month, local artist Hans Glazer produced a broadsheet offering a woodcut engraving of the scene and a detailed description of what was witnessed. So this this city, yeah, they saw a UFO battle wow. one morning and I'll one admit, of the UFOs crashed. That's pretty badass. I've never heard of this before. Yeah, so obviously a theory is that It's an alien battle. Yeah, that's the first thing I would think of. (laughs) Another theory, some have proposed this battle over Nuremberg was actually World War II battles that had like a slip in time and space, allowing Mm. the 16th century to witness a World War II battle. (laughs) Interesting. And so obviously you can find the picture and yeah, it looks like, Kind of like they describe like orbs, crosses, cylinders, just a lot of shapes in the sky look kind of like fireworks. Right. Definitely obvious. They were like battling. (laughs) Yeah. That's interesting. Well, we'll definitely, I'll have to look into that some more. 
Nice. All right. So I have two quick bonuses that I feel like can go in a bunch of categories. And then we can go over our honorable mentions. Very cool. And then get into UFOs because we love UFOs. Oh, yeah. A little pre-taste for everyone there of the UFO section. I want to say here's a little here's a little tiny tidbit taste. Shadow people. I've said I wanted to do a episode on this. I think it's super interesting. It's a phenomenon that is actually like increasing a lot and having a lot more like video and pictures of shadow people. So what what is a shadow person first? A shadow person is basically you see a figure, usually human in shape, just a black figure moving, usually out of the corner of your eye. So shadow people are very prominent in the paranormal ghost community as like a type of entity. And there are a lot of stories, anecdotes, to be fair, of people who see shadow people when they're in a tremendously negative space. Like when they feel a lot of grief or negative feelings, seems like shadow people might feed off of that. So let me look at my handy dandy skeptics checklist. Hmm. It doesn't look like it's probably ball lightning. I don't know how I could get barn owls to fit with this one. Sleep paralysis? Isn't that Uh, a shadow person exactly the same thing that most people see when they have sleep paralysis? It's like a dark shadowy figure that looms over them. Yeah. So it's to the point, it's such a common phenomenon that scientists are looking into it, proposing explanations. Like maybe your brain receives a signal. A random signal. Like, my brain just randomly fires, and that's why I get, like, terrible intrusive thoughts. Mm -hmm. But maybe your brain, like, fires a signal and you see something that's not there. The thing that just interests me about it is that it is so common. Yeah. Like, it's to the point where there are so many stories about it that it's like, "Mm -hmm, I think there is something going on there. I think the thing, as a blind person, that steps out to me is... Even you quote-unquote normies, human vision's actually not super good. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is the actual structure of the eye and the receptors behind it. There's a fair amount of like blurriness and blind spots and parts that we edit out, like our nose. I feel like if you are in an emotional state and the precursor for a lot of these phenomenons, if you've heard about it happening to other people before, true, your brain can fill that out. Yeah, that is also one of the theories for that science proposes is imagination. <laughs> science is weirdly into imagination, more so than you'd expect. The power of imagination. So this one, I'm pleasantly surprised that you stumbled across. Yeah? August 21st, 1955, Kelly Hopkinsville Encounter. I fucking love this case. The Hopkinsville Goblins. Iconic. Mind goblins? <laughs> Were these mind goblins? Uh, what are mind goblins? Mind goblin these nuts? I do mind. Oh. <laughs> so this happened in 1955. Rural area, farmhouse, seven people present, tons of witnesses. So sev- And each one of them armed to the teeth. <laughs> <laughs> seven people present in a farmhouse claim that they were terrorized by... An unknown, but more than one number of creatures that kind of look like gremlins. And these are referred to as Hopkinsville goblins. 
the Pokemon Sable, I think it's called. Mm -hmm. It's based off the Hopkinsville goblins. That's fascinating. They're like three feet tall, pointed ears, thin limbs, very big eyes, claw or talon-like hands. The image I saw of them also had like feet, like the end of their, (laughs) the end of their legs were like suction cups (laughs) (laughs) all the better to stick to walls with which is fucking sick i love the different depictions because like you said with the pointed ears and the big eyes those are the staples but the thing i love about this case is once you get those elements down you can sort of do what you want oh some of them are drawn like gremlin type goblins some of them like if anyone knows the cheddar goblin from that like adult swim commercial some of them look like alien suited robots Mm mm-hmm People say it might have been silvery in color or wearing a metallic outfit or something like that, which will be important in a few seconds. Which is also going to be helpful for my Halloween costume as a ho-ho. A ding-dong. A ding. Is it a ding-dong cupcake. or ho-ho? I don't know the difference. I think it's a ding-dong. Whatever. It's a what? joke sucks. What f- <laughs> <laughs> so these goblins came up, like, looked through the window of this farmhouse. They were acting really strange. And you know what they got in in response? I know. We'll get to it. (laughs) (laughs) So, apparently, witnesses say that their movements seem to defy gravity. And, Mm. like, they may have levitated at some point. They were kind of swaying. What? Levitated. Isn't that just a fancy word for flying? Oh, my God. So they walked with the swaying motion as if wading through water. Almost like they're more comfortable in the air. They would pop up at windows and kind of look through the windows. Oh, they're skitterish. I wonder what what moves with those sort of like weird jerky motions. I don't know. So these creatures like popping, looking through the windows, didn't go in the farmhouse, but they were scared. Uh Uh-huh. They shot at them. Yes. Um, They they were shooting out their own windows from the inside of their house, deafening themselves with gunfire. This is obviously a place of contention. Uh Uh-huh. But one person says that they did hit the goblin. But, like, you heard a metallic clang, Mm -hmm. and the goblin was, like, fucking fine. Nothing happened. Other people say that maybe he missed. (laughs) Yeah, it seems like he could have shot a piece of metal. So, I mean, that's that. Famed skeptic Joe Nichol says that these probably were also owls. Ah, I should have looked at the skeptic checklist again. Owls are scary. That's true. They make weird noises. And... I would be freaked out if owls were looking through my window. If two owls came up to my house and were like casing the place, I think I might go for a gun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that like leads me perfectly into my one of my honorable mentions of favorite skeptical explanation. As Cullen has pointed to, owl is a classic. It is a classic. Owls have been used to explain the Flatwood Monster, which we've gone over. Good follow-up to this episode if you want to keep listening. Mothman, though I've also heard like a crane. Mm -hmm. And of course, the Hopkinsville Goblins. And you know what I said? I stand by it. Owls are scary. They make scary noises. They make terrifying noises. Uh, So much so that maybe 
maybe there's an explanation that you're about to start playing owl noises on your phone from the other room before you start doing it. Maybe that becomes a rule for the household. Yeah, I was playing owl noises and it was like, and Cullen was like, hey, what was that? <laughs> and yeah, and they kind of a little throwback to the Flatwoods monster. Their intimidation techniques fucking fire because they intimidate me. They puff up their wings and like put it behind their heads so they look big. And it scares me. Yeah, it's scary. So another skeptical explanation is that lake monsters are actually sturgeon, which is a giant river fish. How many bells are they worth? Oh, thousands. (laughs) Or... Otters. So according to Joe Nickel of Hopkinsville is an owl fame. He is. If you put a map of the common otter, like their habitats, over sightings of lake monsters, it pretty much lines up. So he proposes that it's like multiple otters kind of moving in a group will look like you'll see like the ridges. Does that make sense? Like the Nessie? Yeah. So now the little that Cullen contributed. <laughs> We're gonna so go. before we get to our last section of aliens to round out this spooky time Halloween special, because you know we have to hit you with it. We're going to do some honorable mentions. Uh, yeah. Just rapid hitters, even, even faster than these quick ones we've been going into. Some superlatives of our previous episodes, which like three years, technically like one year and one episode. But three, I mean, this is our third Halloween special. Come on. This is a Halloween about a positivity, man. Yeah. So most believable we've covered. I say the Westall UFO because the only other explanation is that it could be a hoax. But that's really the only other explanation. Also, lead mask case of Vintem Hill and Mary Celeste. The explanations for those just don't really satisfy me. Also, the one Mandela effect of Nelson Mandela dying in prison. To me, there are no explanations that perfectly line up with those. I'm on board with at least one of them. So Westall UFO having so many eyewitnesses, very weird. So I'm on board with that for sure. The other ones that made my list that you didn't mention were conspiracies that are going to eventually become somewhat fact. Yeah. Probably Havana syndrome. True. I think that there's something there, at least some of the cases. Maybe the earliest cases are something real. And the other one, and this might surprise you, Granger Taylor. I'm not at all satisfied with the explanation of, like, he blew up dynamite in his truck and completely obliterated himself. I I, think that's really far-fetched. I agree, my gut instinct when proposed this question as I have been always going back to Granger Taylor. So I definitely yeah. agree with that. Least believable. You should still listen, but uh-huh. Dover Demon, our last episode. Thank you. This is the one when we were working on notes before Duncan today that I was like, oh, fuck. Am I going to, are we getting in an argument? Also, Loveland Frogman. To me, the possible yeah. animals, like, the Dover Demon being a moose or the Loveland Frogman being a iguana, those like line up pretty well for me. In like level of believability? Yeah. Okay. I could see that. Dover Demon just really feels like an animal. And I can see the same thing for Loveland Frogman, but I just love him so much. Oh, yeah. Um, I also want to say most 
if not all Mandela effects yeah. <laughs> are kind of just an easy misremembering. Who remembers sayonara being a Spanish <laughs> word? <laughs> um, this is why people don't respect us. <laughs> that's why I, I do have to say, though, the original, the OG Nelson Mandela dying in prison. That one is surprising. Sex in versus sex and the city. That one is nothing. Trash. I think we kind of found that the Ningen is straight up an internet legend, but also I believe a freaky sea mammal could easily be out there. That one falls in the middle of the road for me. Doesn't seem impossible, but there's not either great evidence that it's something undiscovered, you know? Yeah. Are there any others that you think are least believable? Um... This one, it sort of falls in between because I don't think that we have the perfect picture of what happened, but at the same time, I think with all the evidence, it's conclusive that nothing particularly high strangeness happened. Dyatlov Pass. Mm. Do we know exactly what the chain of events was from them camping to ending up in their final resting places with the injuries that they had? No, but there are a lot of totally plausible answers for how that happened. And there's no reason to have to fall back on explanations like as much fun as it might be a UFO with a heat ray or a Yeti attack. That makes sense. Yeah. And I think that's just one where it's a lot of the mystery is in the timeline. Yeah. So next category of, I wish it were true. I have some doubts, but I want to believe Flatwoods monster. Yeah. Yeah. Do you like the depiction of him? It's scary. <laughs> Which version do you think of when you think of? Do you think of the one of the initial depiction where it has like the long dress, or you think of the hitchhiking lizard man <laughs> stepping out in front of the car? Yeah, I'm thinking like kind of a mix. Like the dress, the head is like a helmet. Yeah. And there's like an alien under it. There are some convincing depictions that put the description of the Flatwoods monster next to an owl doing like a threatening pose with underbrush. But the owl would have to be like, it'd have to be a really big owl. It would have to be big, yeah. And yeah, I just think it's so unique. I really like the way it looks also. <laughs> If anyone out there runs across this lizard alien creature wearing a metal dress, hitchhiking his way to presumably Atlantic City, you have to ask him what his weekend's been like and report back. Damn. I need to know what he's been up to. True. Or she. Whoa. Yeah. Leaving the door open. Nice. On a, I don't want to call it a less fun note because the image of my choice has stuck with me maybe more than anything we've covered. But to kind of double up, Granger Taylor getting picked up by aliens and going off with them to help them like solve their alien technology or like help them develop a spaceship or work as a mechanic. That is one of the most like fascinating and adventurous and fun and like beautiful ideas for the end of the, one of the ends of these mysterious stories that I've heard. And it yeah. really has like that image has stuck with me. That's fair. And I love the thought too of like extraterrestrials being able to pick the best of the best. And it's like, I think there's a hundred percent chance that like Granger Taylor was like prodigious in his knowledge of mechanics also goes to show what having like resources and 
proper education, like the difference. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because what you're saying is I didn't deserve to have a 2.65 GPA in high school. I just wasn't being utilized in my classes correctly. That's what you're saying. The opposite. No. <laughs> <laughs> I've changed your entire opinion about the case. <laughs> but no, it, it's really cool. And yeah, I feel like I could believe that he had otherworldly talent. That being said, in the case of just Colin, some kids should be left behind. Yeah. <laughs> Period. Yeah. I hope I hope Princess Diana's still alive. She's already, I mean, she's I mean, just she'd be like old, a rich kind old of woman at this now. point. Yeah. She's a, if she is still alive, she has reached the stage of like watching her become the villain, unfortunately. Damn. That's fair. All right. Fucking love this shit. Read it to you many times. The Wallachin Gnomes was a classic anomalous counter. September 23rd, 1979, half a dozen primary school children went for an evening walk in Wallington Park in Nottingham. A number of these children then saw 30 small cars, each with a gnome driver and passenger. The encounter lasted, according to the children, about 15 minutes as the gnome cars chased them around the park. <laughs> the kids eventually escaped out oh to the surrounding streets where the gnomes declined to follow them. Well, their little cars weren't road legal, you know? Yeah. You get there, you get pulled over. A cop's not going to be very uh, forgiving to a gnome who forgot his license for his clown car. I appreciate that they were all carpooling. It's responsible. Yeah. And that's what you have to give to these gnomes. Maybe they were terrorizing children, but while they did it, they kept, you know, an eye out for Mother Nature. I think this is more, honestly, I have no reason not to believe this, but it's more <laughs> like, I love it. <laughs> that's delightful. Yeah. All right. Now we're on to the final superlative. I pray this isn't true. Mm-hmm. Mine, I recently saw a video of a leopard seal. Absolutely fucked me up. Now I'm scared of water. Now I'm scared of like animal, water you, animals. You love collecting big beetles and insects and you love lizards and snakes and fucking weird toads and shit. Why all of a sudden do you see a couple of kind of out there fish slash aquatic animals and it's suddenly you're against it. So scary. You like Look spiders. Up. You want spider. You want to own them. And yet you're like, I don't like this seal. Google Amazonian river dolphins it and try like, not to kill yourself challenge. It looks like what our dog would look like. That's so rude. That's <laughs> entirely so rude. <laughs> they've got a weird they've got weird saggy skin and neck, and they've got a horrendously long snout. <laughs> It is exactly our dog oh, if they my. were unbathed. That being said, considering how pinnipeds terrify me, a lot of lake monsters, I hope, aren't true. Especially it turns out they're beavers. I don't know if you knew that. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you, you just told me this two minutes ago. What do you mean? What do I mean? Beavers? Yeah. Otters, beavers? Oh, yeah, otters. How, they're not that different. Oh, my God. That I so say beaver, <laughs> and you're like, oh, it couldn't possibly be an otter that he means. Right. Joe Nickel thinks it could be a group of otters, but another very popular theory for Lake Monsters is a long neck seal. There has been one sighting and depiction, like in Europe, 
some biologist was like, what the fuck? Like this seal has a really long neck. So there are people <laughs> who think that there are long neck seals and I hate that. If you're wondering, that is what a biologist job is. Yeah. If they go out there and they see an animal and they're like, boy, his neck seems a little long, right? <laughs> well, you've discovered a different subspecies. Congratulations on your grant money. There's not a lot of money in biology. As there shouldn't be. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> I've always said biologists need less money and these single mothers need to be terrorized by phantoms. And that's why people have always said to you, <laughs> all right what what chills you to your core your heartless core well i ran across a terrifying tale of the hairy hands of dartmoor <laughs> which is a stretch of road in england where people in the 1920s or 30s would be driving along and a pair of hairy hands would appear disembodied and grab onto the steering wheel or or the bars to their motorcycle and yank them off the road I hate that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pair of big hairy hands. Why are they hairy? They're just hairy. Wow. Also, sometimes they're invisible, but it kind of sounds like those people just lost control of the vehicle. <laughs> oh, no. Maybe they felt the hair tickle them, though. It's possible. Yeah, it caused a bunch of crashes in Darmore, and then they fixed the camber of the road, and it disappeared. But you The know, hairy hands were like, fine. All right. You know what? I wanted to drive a little. I wanted to take the burden off because you should really switch off on long car journeys. What if it was Jesus taking the wheel? <laughs> <laughs> uh, on a lot of conspiracy things I've seen, speaking of Jesus, seen a lot of things like a huge theory is that Jesus married Mary Magdalene and had kids. Mm. Do you remember that time I told you that there's a huge... I don't know if it's theory, just a belief that Jesus had a Japanese brother. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. I remember when you told me that when you were coming into the driveway the other day, a big hairy foot stepped on the accelerator and that's why you bonked into the wall and knocked one of our electrical sockets out with the front of your car. Now that's true. That that's, did happen. That's the hairy foot. And Maddie definitely wasn't just playing the game of, let's see how close I can get to kissing the wall of the garage. I don't want the garage to hit the back of my car. Yeah, there's When you get that close, there's like there's room for like three bicycles to fit in between. Okay. A wheelchair could pass behind the car. Okay, Jesus' Japanese brother's name is Sukiri, if you're interested. <laughs> okay, <laughs> moving on. Moving on. Moving on to aliens. We love aliens. We do. We stand aliens. <laughs> Absolutely. I And we think that they should be a part of Halloween. You know? True. Underutilized, maybe. You got your bats, you got your spiders, you got your ghouls, you got your bone men, obviously. Why not throw a little gray in there? You know, I think we're at the point where everyone knows, everyone knows that aliens are real. Even that fucking loser Neil deGrasse Tyson is starting to concede because he realizes he's on the wrong side of history. Mm -hmm. And history. he's shown us that the only way for society to move forward scientifically is to have all debates through low quality comebacks on Twitter. <laughs> Oh. Neil deGrasse Tyson has made a career out of reading Wikipedia articles to Joe Rogan on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so you kind of have to respect the grind. Is that true? More or less. Oh, no. Can I be honest with you? Sure, you can be honest with me. 
I'm going to say something that's very a dark secret. Mm-hmm. I think that the guy from Ancient Aliens, the aliens guy. The icon of Ancient I think aliens. he's kind of hot. Oh, After no. watching 10 seasons, I'm like... He did a Friends-style glow-up from yeah. season one to season 10. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can see... You can see no, was, you can tell the money. The you money. Can, he yes. wasn't making a lot before Ancient Aliens yes. started to put line his pockets. No, yeah, I'm like, wow, he's taking care of himself. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, though? Did it take away his spark? Because he lost... Mm. His hair became tamed... And like well groomed as he got more money. Yeah, it's like you can't have it purposefully messy. What's the point? You yeah. can tell it's purposeful. Exactly. That's defeats the purpose. You can't get the look of being up all night, strung out on <laughs> stolen riddle and reading <laughs> hundreds of articles about aliens and drawing weird diagrams <laughs> on top of the pyramids. You can't get hair that looks like that without actually doing it. I will say I, I understand I'm at a biased point of view. So Yeah, you have a crush on the ancient alien guy. You're a broken person. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about aliens? Do you agree that it's kind of like we're getting there to a consensus? There's definitely microbial life. We already know for sure on non-Earth planets. Mm-hmm. Like we've run across plenty of dead single cell, I'm pretty sure mostly life on asteroids and on other planets, there's plenty of other Earth-like planets that could allow things to develop like us. And frankly, we don't have a complete picture of all of the different forms and like molecular combinations that could make life. So maybe there is another class of planets that is not Earth-like but still life-sustaining. So, so I think life probably has developed elsewhere. Do I think that there's intelligent life actively visiting us? Probably not. Yeah, I think it's at the point where the distinction is going to be whether you think like aliens have visited Earth. And I'll concede that's a big W for the spookies out there. Honestly. Well, okay. We're at the point where we know that UFOs do exist. There are things that the U.S. government is like, I don't know what this is. Just about whether you think that's like from another planet. So going into aliens, going to hit you with some classics. Betty and Barney Hill. Iconic, well-educated couple, interracial. Barney Hill was a African-American, Betty Hill, a white woman. I think Betty Hill was a social worker. Like I said, they're both educated and they both did a lot of like civil rights things. And especially since, you know, back then uh, in the 60s and 50s, interracial marriage wasn't really the norm. Mm -hmm. They lived in New Hampshire near the coast in Portsmouth. So they were on a little vacation, little tiny trip. And late at night on their way back, September 19th, 1961, they were driving through the White Mountains when they saw lights in the sky. And they had binoculars, so they looked through their binoculars. And they claimed to have seen a cigar-shaped craft basically and barney was able to see that there were like figures in the craft that was hovering over their car and they were kind of at a point there's a lot of sources that say they saw all these lights and they're like what is that and like betty hill was like be fucking for real like that's not a plane (laughs) like come on the next thing they know skip to 
they're like 35 miles past where they made the sighting. Mm -hmm. Okay. Two hours of their drive were gone. Two hours of their life were gone and they had no memory of it. Did they turn on the Hobbit? That's so rude. (laughs) (laughs) Betty's dress was stained and torn and Barney's shoes were all scuffed. And like I said, neither of them had any recollection of how that happened or how they got where they were. Also, interesting, fun, uh, both their watches stopped working. You're going to see that this is the blueprint. Basically, all abduction stories, basically all descriptions of aliens are based off of this now. Like, it changed the culture completely. missing time. It's the sighting of the craft. Signs of abduction without memory of it happening. These are all, obviously, classics of alien abduction now. And while there are only two witnesses, and I've heard that they may have had exposure to, like, alien information beforehand so it could have been primed to some degree all of their statements and backgrounds and how thoroughly they stuck to their story makes them very very convincing witnesses yeah that's definitely the thing like well-respected highly educated almost no motive to do this to Mm -hmm. make anything up This did cause Betty Hill to get super into UFOs, basically. Yeah. Because like I said, when she was seeing the light, she was like, be fucking for real. Like, what is that? And they did report what happened to the Air Force because they were concerned. Like, they don't remember what happened. And they're kind of like all scuffed. Betty began having like really bad nightmares for a really long time. So they started boasting a psychiatrist. And the psychiatrist named Benjamin Simon. Benjamin Simon did a bunch of like hypnosis on them. Kind of like. This is where I start to fall off. A lot of the hypnosis stuff in all encounters. I think that anything that comes out post statement through hypnosis can't really be accepted as an observation. It has to be like maybe they saw it, but probably it was suggested to them or they made it up. We'll see. There might be be some evidence though that what they uncovered in hypnosis was real so i'll continue so throughout these sessions they were able to like piece together what happened during that incident so according to them the ufo had landed on their car as they were driving and they fell asleep typically something that would wake me up but you know well the ufo like put them to sleep oh i see yeah (laughs) they're like (laughs) This so boring. We already saw it through the binoculars. Snooze fest. You'll see how, like I said, this is the absolute blueprint moving forward. But this was kind of the OG of all these tropes. So they said they had been led up a ramp into the spacecraft. And they were like medically evaluated and tested, mm-hmm. probed by grace, by little gray Guys, they would pluck their hairs, take clippings from their nails, take some of their skin, put them on slides like a scientific. (laughs) They didn't have anything more advanced. They still have like little microscopes. Hey, man, if it works, it works. If it works, it works. Apparently, they also got poked with a bunch of needles that the greys poked a bunch of needles into their arms, legs, and heads. And Betty recalled that one of the needles was inserted into her stomach 
for a pregnancy test. And there are quotes from Betty saying, like, it was the longest needle I have ever seen in my whole life. And while you can say a lot of negative things about the Greys and they probably shouldn't have done any of this, you have to give them a little bit of kudos that almost every alien ship from the Greys is wheelchair accessible. There's not stairs to get <laughs> in. It's always a nice ramp. Wow, that is nice. So apparently they remember that there was kind of like a leader off to the side. Like this guy's clearly the supervisor. <laughs> yeah, because he wasn't doing any work but ordering people around. Yeah, um, and Betty actually got a chance to talk to to the leader. And she was like, where are we <laughs> in space? And I guess he told her. And she was able to replicate the star map mm. of where they were. You may have heard this. So basically the leader showed her on the ship... Like, we're here in space. And she replicated the star map. Later, a woman named Marjorie Fish attempted to interpret Betty's reproduction of the map and concluded that the beans had come from the star system Zeta Reticuli. So, a big thing leaning into it would be Betty was able to map the Zeta Reticuli star system without having any knowledge of that. Wow. So, that's iconic not only are there a lot of people who think it's quite credible but also like you said completely shifted the culture completely changed the game like this is what abduction is now there's millions who think it's credible and billions who think it's neat as hell <laughs> true <laughs> hell yeah so this one's a classic. I, I've told you about this before the Dogen people of West Africa is like a group of people of unknown descent. It is thought that they came from ancient Egyptians. Okay. People started to become super interested in them and think it's mysterious because they have extensive knowledge of astronomy that predates mm. modern technology by thousands upon thousands of years. All right. So we're getting deep into the ancient aliens lore here. Yes. Okay. Here we go. So there were two like guys, you know, like French anthropologists. Mm -hmm. And once they saw all their extensive astronomy knowledge, they're like, how do you know this? So they lived with them for like two years, I believe. And I guess the Dogon said, like, we know this because we had contact with extraterrestrial life around 3200 B.C., I immediately have to go down the same line of questioning that I always do when watching Ancient Aliens. Why couldn't these people have looked up at the stars and then figured it out? Um, well, we'll get into it. They're not behind a paywall, you know? <laughs> you can just look. Yeah, but I don't think it's... The only way that gravity could have been figured out is if a white doofus was hit in the head with an apple. <laughs> It's only through this complex series of events that gravity can be deduced. So, <laughs> the specific knowledge that is super interesting that people cite all the time is their knowledge of the Sirius star system. So, they've known about the Sirius star system since 3200 BC. We know this because they have a lot of like traditional ceremonies that line up and are based off of the two Sirius stars. They had a lot of specific information about Sirius A, which is the brightest star in Earth's sky, so it makes sense that they'd be able to see that. But they also knew that a much dimmer star, Sirius B, 
existed and they knew it was extremely dense and they knew it had a 50-year elliptical orbit around Sirius A. So the Sirius system in general wasn't discovered until 1862. Astronomers weren't able to precisely mark Sirius B where it was until 2005. And by astronomers, you mean? White people. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. They had to use the Hubble Space Telescope. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, there, there. If you look into it, there is a lot of like, literally stating, "Oh, Western people did right. not know this." And yeah, so, um, but you know, it's still there are a lot of historians and scientists who can't really explain how they would have known that. You can't really know that about Sirius B unless you have someone tells you, or you have like knowledge. Yeah. From, I guess, someone telling you. (laughs) (laughs) Or you have, like, the Hubble Space Telescope. Or figuring it out, you know? So one of the theories, obviously, to explain the Dogon's advanced knowledge is that, like they said, alien life visited them long ago and told them. This lines up with their beliefs that are passed down from generation to generation. You could think of them kind of as their gods, called Namos, And Namos are like amphibian beings. Hell yeah. That kind of look like mermaids. Now we're back to talking my language. That lived in the Sirius system. Sounds like they lived in the Sirius system. Honestly. So according to the Dogon people, Uh these amphibian mermaid aliens who lived in the Sirius system visited them and said, hey, we live in this star system. There are these stars and gave them all that information. And like we said, so much of their culture actually does even revolve around their knowledge of the Sirius system. Hmm. Uh, and the Dogon people celebrate Sirius A's elliptical orbit around Sirius B with the celebration it's like a whole ceremony where young men go into like seclusion for three months where they talk in a secret language to basically celebrate these amphibians, these aliens coming to Earth. That is fun. That's very it's interesting. interesting. It's interesting and it's very mysterious. My first knee jerk is to say that it was probably those French anthropologists overfitting that culture's like tradition perspective into something that they knew about, which would be like astrology. But either way, it's a really cool history and like religious tradition. Yeah. And there are other theories like so Western centric yeah. <laughs> that it's like maybe they were visited before the French anthropologists and it's some white guy. <laughs> possibly the Dogon invented the first drawings of the iPhone 4. Damn, crew. Maybe. They should get a little bit of residuals off of that. All right. One more fun incident. Mm-hmm. The Vargina UFO incident. The what UFO incident? Var- Varginha. Oh, my. This is... Varginha. This is sexism and oppression that you're not even comfortable saying. Vagina alien abduction on radio. Wow. So, this takes place in Brazil in January 20th, 1996 in Virginha, Brazil. Virginha. 96. I was called Virginha a lot in high school. (laughs) I was actually called Virginha ha 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 a lot. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Virginha. I'm not in the mood for the podcast anymore. 
<laughs> wow. So a creature was sighted by three women or sisters, like teen sisters and their friend, during intense rain and strong winds. They describe it as a bipedal of around five foot with a large head and thin body, V-shaped feet, brown skin, and large red eyes. It seemed to be kind of wobbly, like it didn't look right. And the sisters were like, it might be injured. It wasn't just like, I hate these V-shaped feet. Should have gone with like some sort of circle or maybe you know a what? rectangle. Maybe. Um, so after that, they fled because they were like, oh my God, we just saw the devil and told their parents. Oh, it's over assumption every time with these little creatures. True. So the mom was like, mm, yeah, right. So she went to the area to check it out just in uh-huh. case though. And when she was in the area, the mom smelled a strong ammonia-like odor and she saw footprints. She didn't see the creature, but she saw footprints and a dog was also sniffing around. And all the girls back at home were like, <laughs> okay, I have the best prank to finally get my bitch mom. So we're all going to go into this little fjord and <laughs> fart up the place and then tell her wow. that there was a little alien so she has to go and smell them. Smell the farts. Yes. Wow. That's fun. So you might know South America and particularly Brazil has a long and storied history with UFOs. And continuing to this day as far as I know. Yeah. So this story picked up was kind of spread around and people in the area were like, yeah, I think I think that does sound right, actually. <laughs> so apparently two days later, another creature was found lying in the road. Oh. And apparently military trucks were sent to retrieve it. Now there's this story that the military has taken these like creatures in order to kind of study them and to remove them from, like, the town. <laughs> the Brazilian government also continuously, famously takes alien sightings and, like, crafts and creatures very seriously. True. They shut shit down. So around the same time, at a farm in the same town, two people saw a UFO over their cattle, which is classic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So they went over and saw a flying object hovering over them. And it just stood there for like 40 minutes. And these farmers were like... Did it um, try to push any of the cows over? (laughs) (laughs) I guess not. I guess the government was acting a little bit sketchy on this. They were saying that... These girls weren't making a hoax or anything. They just saw a unhoused man who lives around town who happens to be completely covered head to toe in mud. Like he's a mud man. But a lot of people are super into the story because like there's no reason for these people to lie about it at all. They have not gained anything from it. And there was, you know, kind of rare going back to the site and seeing some evidence left behind. Plus, with all the other strange goings-ons at the same time, it's like, did two aliens crash their ship and got fucked up, and then the government has them? Were two aliens hanging out in a field looking at cows? 
It's possible. Honest, I would. Okay, you come to Earth on an alien ship. What animal are you just sitting, floating there in sky wondering, like, really? What the <laughs> fuck is that? <laughs> Cows, man. Yeah. I. It would be people, because we look different from a lot of animals. It would be cows I'm Imagine if you never... Giraffes. I was thinking that. <laughs> giraffes are... 30% of the reason that I think alien life exists. <laughs> That's fair. Cows are weird. Yeah. Imagine if you are an alien and you're like trying to get, they're like, what is the life on this planet all about? We should get some samples. And it's like, oh, I know a bunch of organisms that just stand in a field like all day and they're weird and they're just and there. They just stand there and they wait. And then the most intelligent, progressed, technologically advanced creatures come over and yank on their tits. Yeah. And then they just go back to standing. The pop culture like subreddit I follow just posted something that was like, if aliens came to us, who wouldn't you want representing the human race? But honestly, they're going to think we're fucked up no matter what. What if humanity puts forward like Zach Braff? <laughs> And he's I would the hate console. that. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's actually like the worst choice. <laughs> it's terrible. He goes into the room five minutes of negotiation later, we're turned into a mini black hole. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, bye. Then he gets the three X's like on America's Got oh, Talent no. and we're crushed into a singularity. <laughs> yeah. That would be an update to the show is if every contestant that got three X's was crushed into a singularity. <laughs> I could see an extraterrestrial squid games type yeah, beat. <laughs> for sure. I I just wanted to I saw that like right now. Wanted to hit you with the deep cut after two tried and true classics. I appreciate that. We've definitely got some some new ones. So Maddie clearly had a lot of fun putting together this. I didn't. List. And uh, well, I had a good time sitting back, really sort of doing no writing and then poking holes in everything that you wrote. So that was sort of fun for me. <laughs> no one ever makes statues of critics. That's true, except for numerous examples. What? <laughs> what? What, Mr. Fact Man? Mr. Fact. You said this before. There are statues of like Siskel and Ebert. No, you said that before. Anyway, but we, re we really have had a lot of fun retrospecting on some of the cases we've covered and possible future episodes and believable takes on all five of the categories that we like to cover. Hopefully you're having a fun Halloween or whenever you listen to this, and hopefully we've provided at least a couple of rabbit holes for you to jump into and, you know, keep an eye out because we will cover a significant portion of these in the coming years. Yeah, really my hope is that any of these stories interested you and you'll look into it. And I, I recommend because these are some of my favorites. Yeah, if you have like kind of funny hair and you would listen to me talk about it and not shoot me down, uh, my phone number is... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I beep that out. <laughs> um, yeah, and I hope you have a spooky Halloween. And just, you know what, for me, for me this Halloween... Take me on a dip. No, okay. <laughs> For me, this Halloween, open up your mind. The truth is out there. Let something spooky in. Believe in all the mysteries of the world and believe there's always another secret. There's always more to learn and believe in yourself. Very nice. And I'll say believe that whether these are hard facts or just great stories, that there's something valuable to have in them regardless. 
Nice. And believe in yourself. That's nice. Hope you have a happy Halloween. We'll see you on the next episode. I'm just Cullen. And I'm Spooky Maddie. And this was Anomalous. Bye-bye. Boo, bitch. Happy Halloween, you bitch. (laughs) 